Are you struggling to get your processes and procedures documented? Many property management companies are. On this episode of Bootstrappers, we're gonna speak with David Flores on how to utilize your teammates, even your remote assistants or virtual assistants, on getting those processes down on paper. That's next on Bootstrappers. This is the Bootstrapper Show for property management, powered by Anaquim, a podcast where we have real conversations with industry experts that you can apply to your life and business. Welcome to the Bootstrapper Show, where we talk about topics that are important to real estate and property management entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Gwen Aspen, here with my spouse, Jeremy. Hey! And we're going to talk about um, how to utilize your remote professionals or your virtual assistants to help you create and maintain your processes and procedures. We have an awesome guest here, David Flores. He is the CEO of PM Solutions Pro, and he supports property managers in helping them with this process. He knows everything about it. Bootstrappers is powered by Anaquim. Anaquim helps property management companies become more profitable through its services. I'd like to invite you all to go to our website, anaquim.net, where you can download a free ebook about what we're talking about today, about processes and procedures. It's called the No Fuss Guide to Processes and Procedures. And if you have a company where you want to give this to somebody else as a project, like we're talking about today, if you wanna start on your processes and procedures as your goal for 2021 to get that done, this is the book for you. So I welcome you to go to anaquim.net for that. So yeah, David, thanks for being on the show with us. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. So David, it's so awesome to chat with you. I love, like you're one of my favorite people because I we go way back, don't we? Yeah, we do. <laughs> yes. So yes. for people who don't know, uh, David was one of the first Anaquim employees. I think, I think you were, it's like four years ago we met and and tell tell everybody a little bit about your entry into the property management world. Well, I mean, I um, I had some friends tell me about Anaquim, good stuff, and I, one of them is actually still working with you. And I went through the whole process of you know the hiring process, the testing and stuff that you guys do, and went through it. And I started working with a company. I had worked in property management before but just mildly and more on the field, on the like construction and rehabbing and things like that. So I, I hadn't um, worked in the office part of it yet. So I started working with, with Paul, as you know, and Paul's uh, well, with you know the story of that at the beginning. Yeah, with Paul from, from Housematch. And you know, most of the, the beginning of that, my first week, I was kind of freaked out with Paul because <laughs> he's like a really excited person, you know? He's, you know, moves around a lot, does things really quickly. And, you know, um, he just speaks, you know, whatever needs to be done. So I, I, I think um, I had never met anyone, anyone like that before. And when I talked to him, I, I was thinking, is this guy yelling at me? What, what's going on? Like, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to work with him. You know, this guy didn't seem like he's awesome, you know, and, and you presented him as really awesome. So I was so I, I decided, you know what, I'm going to just talk to him, give this a chance. And I told him, hey, you know, I, I don't know if I can work with you if you're going to keep yelling at me. And he was 
like, what are you talking about? Uh, th that's just the way I talk. And I was like, well, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I feel like you're yelling at me. So he did this whole big thing. You know, he started a asking everyone in the office, like, hey, does it feel like I'm yelling at you when I talk to you? And he kind of, you know, made me feel at home. Um, after that, he apologized and this and that. And now we've got like a really good relationship. We've become like friends. He comes down to Mexico all the time. We work together we work hard but we also hang out and stuff go to casinos after work and stuff when he comes down so so yeah i just want to frame oh, he's this. a really fun guy he's awesome he's yeah. awesome so i just want to frame this a little bit so david you have like no accent so people don't naturally know but you live in aguas calientes mexico yes and yes. so you came to work for paul as a virtual assistant as it's commonly referred to or a remote professional as a receptionist and paul works he owns house match in san diego so um so you are having this relationship with him where you've never met this guy in person it's all over you know the video cam and you felt like he was yelling at you and i mean jeremy you know that it's always hard to get those relationships off to a strong start oh yeah getting i mean especially when it's going to be virtual like that you have to spend a little bit of extra time getting to know that person in some, even some awkward ways. Like the conversations you guys had, having that directness, like, hey, I think you're yelling at me, um, is useful to counter, to let it build up over the course of time and then have it explode into a bigger problem than it actually was. It would be actually, frankly, be the more uh, likely outcome or but, just not as we talked about because when you brought it up to me like hey you said all this great stuff about Paul I'm just not seeing it yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> you to even bring it up I think a lot of people are afraid to say hey you know this relationship really isn't working for me but you have the confidence to do so so would you encourage people who are in a remote professional job to bring problems up to their boss if they feel like they're not being treated right Oh, yeah, both, both parties, because then he later explained like, hey, I'm just, you know, really busy this week. I've got a bunch of stuff going on, but I really wanted to get you on the team. So I'm kind of just, you know, throwing stuff at you quickly. And then I kind of understood, oh, OK, so he's not yelling. He's just letting me know stuff more of in a hurry and not sitting down and explaining like I thought it would be like, you know, hey, I'm, I'm training you today. It was more like, hey, you know, you need to train yourself on this today because I'm super busy. So I got it more uh, where he was coming from and stuff. So but yeah, I absolutely encourage that. I think there's also something worth mentioning here, and that's the difference between a virtual assistant and what we call remote professionals. Because while the industry does generally refer to people that are being hired in other countries, especially Asia, Latin America, as virtual assistants, I think it carries a connotation that isn't really reflective of the capabilities of the individuals. Um, not to say that uh, virtual assistants aren't, a, aren't an important uh, role in that, like literally they're assistants that work virtually. An assistant, I mean somebody who might answer the phones, might block calls, might do some menial tasks for uh, an executive. Um, that, that, that's perfectly fine, and, and we do have virtual assistants, but to frame it better, we call them profession, um, remote professionals because they're really, um, almost everybody we hire at least has a bachelor's degree. Many of them have, have advanced degrees. Some of them have PhD, 
PhD degrees. And so to refer to them, to frame them as professionals that work remotely, I think it nails it. It gets it a little bit closer to making it so that our clients can understand the potential that they have in the individuals and not have it work in this framework of an assistant. And that's why I think this conversation is really important with you, David, because you actually transformed house match once you guys got the relationship working well what and that's a really important thing i mean it does take a minute to figure out how people operate and it may be uh one of the takeaways that we might be able to take away from this discussion is if you know yourself as a manager just tell somebody what it's like at the front end working with you like hey you know i would say something like I get things done, but I need deadlines. I'm very organized in some ways and disorganized in other ways. I'm always nice, but I'll be direct. Kind of explain your personality so that people understand and vice versa. You know, have them kind of explain their personality so people can work well together on the front end. But after you figure out that relationship piece, I mean, David, you can do anything from Mexico that an American employee can do here domestically, right? I mean, except for hanging boxes and putting signs out. Is there really any limitation to what you can do from Mexico? Right. No, I, I think um, opening up that uh, communication um, really helped because uh, w- once I started um, working with Paul, I, I could easily ask him and, and had the, you know, had the openness to tell them when stuff, when I thought stuff was wrong or where mm. we could improve and what other things I could do uh, to where it got to the point where there was things I saw him struggling with and I just, you know, found a way to make this easier or found a way to where I could do this. Um, things like uh, now we're even doing interior property inspections um, or assessments with the tenants directly so we're kind of guiding them through you know doing this stuff and this was something before that had to be done with a person live going out to the property taking pictures things like that so i mean once that communications opened up on what you can do what you know what restrictions there are and stuff there, there's so much we can do remotely and notably Uh, that kind of communication is what we can expect from professionals. So whether or not you're a remote professional looking, or you're you're in Mexico looking for a job in this realm, or you're a client, just know that the expectation is to show your professionalism, because that's what makes it so that, you know, we frankly have to pay the remote professionals more money. The point, they're worth it. Yeah, and so I think one of the things that, um, because you started as a receptionist four years ago, and now you're the CEO of PM Solutions Pro, which is one of, you're working with Paul on that, correct? Yeah, yeah, Um, actually it it was born out of the stuff we created in in Housematch and the way we were working in Housematch, and we decided, you know, we can help other people do the same thing we did. But you just treated yourself like you knew your worth going into the job. You had a hard conversation about the communication. Once you understood each other, then you had kind of a collaborative relationship, right? Where you would collaborate yeah. with him on what was going well and what wasn't going well with the company. Like one of the things that you helped him with was SEO, right? The search engine optimization. At the beginning, and it was more content writing um, and, and things we wanted to do on our site. 
Um, I'm not like an SEO expert, but we did kind of investigate things we wanted, you know, and to, to make our site better, more attractive, easier, um, you know, to, to manage things like that. We started looking into um, how, how to improve our site when people came on it. And that um, later we found out that that would also help SEO and things like that. And then you helped him with the processes and procedures. So tell us about the processes and procedures, how you brought it up to Paul that they needed help and how you guys work collaboratively to get those written down. Well, at, at, at the beginning, I think a lot of the processes and I think with everyone, were in Paul's head. He knew exactly what he wanted and how he did things when he was on his own. Um, and a lot of the times I would start a process and you know, have to ask him, hey, so what goes after this? And sometimes he'd say, oh, this because of this reason. Um, so we're doing this differently because this is different. So uh, sometimes I, I would get kind of confused, like, okay, so what about this? No, that's gonna change because of this other reason. So I, I, I told him, I, you know, I could do this on my own, but we need to figure out what those reasons or what those points that make things change are, write them down and, and have a plan so I can deal with this without having to call you, without you having to be in the office, without you having to make all of the decisions on, the, on this small stuff. So we started writing things down. We started Where did you um, start? trying out. When you started stuff. writing things down, what, what software did you use to do it in? I, I think at the beginning we were using Asana, but it was more like just a checklist of you mm -hmm. have to do all this stuff. There was no automation. There was not a lot of explanation into it. Um, it was just, you know, um, check it off and it's and it's done so you say at the beginning that's what you used which implies then that you've either had at least well, you've at least had one more software that you're using so what other softwares did you try and ultimately what have you guys landed on uh for your process and procedures and workflows um well we, we tried a number of things um sometimes for weeks and we were like no definitely not um, we used process street for a while, I think we used Process Street for about a year and a half to two years, and then we began to use Lead Simple, which is what we're using now. Um, and since Lead Simple is just um, specifically for property management, it, it's helped us a, a lot, and it's a lot easier um, to manage the information. It has a database, things like that. So that was one of the important things that um, made us move over from Process Street to Lead Simple and stick to Lead Simple. So was it you who kind of um, instigated, like, hey, we really need to write this down because I'm struggling remembering what you tell me, or things change so quickly I can't keep up on it? Yes. Yes, actually, it was from um, just documentation because we would just input documentation into um, Appfolio, but we we didn't have a standard um, process to name the to name documents. So if I needed to send something to an owner, if I needed to find a piece of information, I'd have to go through documents and actually open them up to see what they were. So we had that conversation. Mm. So that was your uh, first I, I conversation. Right from the get go. The, yeah, that is, was from the get-go, and he thought that was awesome that, um, you know, we even thought of that. So, so that, it was, that like was like the, the naming, first thing. The first thing was naming the documents, having standard naming uh, nomenclature. 
Yes, actually, because at the beginning, um, I, for me to even find the document, if I needed to send it out to uh, to a client or something, it was it was just difficult because we would put documents into at Folio, and we we wouldn't be able to find them. I'd have to go through each document and kind of see what it is before I sent it out, and see that it was the most updated version before I sent it mm. out. So we we just kind of standardized. Um, naming the documents for what they were, what the standard title would be. Um, but then we had to kind of create a tiny process saying, yeah. you know, um, before you put this in, make sure you name it with this format. If it's this document or that format, if it's that document, and that kind of sparked, okay, we need to use instructions for a lot of other things as well, because that, you know, uh, kind of makes it useful. Right. So there's one thing about processes and procedures, which I think is it's both dangerous and it's also a sign of health. And that is that once a process or procedure is written, people follow it. Now, so if they're following it, um, that's great, uh, which is another topic altogether about implementation. But what it also does is that if the procedure or the process is flawed, it, it continually spits out an error, right? So, because it's predictable. The, the system says to, to do this, this, and this, 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 and this does this. Well, if that's not done right, then you have a mistake every single time, which, which is actually very useful when you're designing a process and a procedure. But it beckons the question, how do you then make adjustments to a process or a procedure that then hopefully immediately infuse the actual operation and change the behavior of agents? Do you guys, how do, so how do you, uh, the, the document control piece, how do you do that? So I, I always think of it, um, the creating a process is like um, a, a cookie recipe but it's not like a cookie recipe because a cookie recipe, you know, once it's done, it's, it's finished, you know, and, and it's got specific things that go into it. And if you add more, you'll mess it up. But uh, a process is actually always going to be changing, always going to be growing as your company changes, as your company, ex um, you know, expands, um, as the people within um, your company um, change positions or outgrow their positions or, you know, start doing other tasks, but are still part of, uh, of a process. So you've kind of got to always be updating it um, as, as those changes occur, even like changes in the industry, changes in software, um, changes within the software you're using, you, you've got to be ready to update those. So it's important to have someone um, that that is kind of in charge of making sure those are updated, but it's gotta be a collaborative um, thing throughout the team, throughout the company, when these changes occur. For, for example, if there's you know uh, something that, that's wrong now, that wasn't wrong a, a month or two ago, someone should say something, not just because they, oh, this has changed, I'm gonna do it differently now, even if it's not written in the process. Right. Th that that should be noted hey and that that person should know to say something so your keys are have a point person that's in charge of processes and procedures to have a process to change processes right yes and then exactly. also have some mechanism where people can report a problem so that yeah. that can get fixed 
I would say those are the three things that every company needs to make sure that their processes continually to uh, are continually updated and there it's like an alive project I don't know how else to say it but it's it's like a living document that's truly used because if you just write them and forget about it which a lot of people want to do because they don't enjoy processes and procedures then they're outdated the second that you write them and to hijack your cookie example um, so I which I actually think is a very good one because if you have a cookie and you make a good cookie, you have ingredients and you have timing and you, you you have a checklist, you know everything that needs to go into that cookie to make it a good cookie. But if you're trying to make a great cookie, then somebody might add instead of two cups of sugar, they might add two and one quarter cups of sugar. So the once it's determined that that is the better recipe, it has to be put into the procedure and then that has to be published or presented to everybody that needs to know about sugar so that they put in a, qu- a cup and a quarter. And then, so the, the an efficient system is going to allow somebody, to, one, to identify that, hey, I think this would be better. Two, to experiment. Three, make a decision. Four, put it into the procedure, or in this case, a recipe, and then you have a better cookie. And then you, can't, you still can't rest on your laurels because it's still not the best cookie in the world. You know, next time you might add, instead of 13 chocolate chips, maybe 14 is better. And so you go through that procedure again, and now you have an even better, always getting better cookie, right? Right, right. Uh, or or a, a new person might come in and say, you know, cornstarch is cheaper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. You know, now you've got to change the whole thing. No, but what I like about this conversation is I think, and you know, because you put on these, um, you put on conferences and help people through uh, PM Solutions Pro, help people with their processes and procedures. And it is actually difficult, right? I mean, it's, we're talking about something that separates sophisticated businesses from like mom and pop or startups, right, David? It is hard. It's it's laborious, and and I think the the laborious part of it is getting people to understand that it's not uh, building a process is not done in in a week, and I kind of have to help them extract the information that's in their head, um, and kind of understand what their own ideas are because sometimes I'll ask them a question, and a week later, oh, that's also had. You know, we also have to do this while we're doing that. Oh, we didn't know that. We need to update that part in the process. So even just the planning um, to start your process is a process in itself. And understanding that, you know, there's going to be a bunch of rabbit holes. How how far into the rabbit hole do we need to go um, as far as the process? And what um, part of that is more um, a training uh, thing? when we're when we're training because if we go too much into detail within the actual process you know we might lose the process itself and it turns into this you know big document that's not understandable Mm -hmm. to anyone or useful so if i'm a property manager if you're a property manager and you're watching this and this sounds complicated and messy and then you might be wondering is it really worth it which does happen, I hear that all the time because, because of the effort that goes into it. Um, I, I am going to make the case that yes, it is always worth it because generally speaking, if you're out there buying and selling companies, this is a good measure. 
Um, companies that do not have processes and procedures are never going to sell for much more than maybe, you know, a, a, we call it 1X. Um, if you have processes and procedures that are used in the field, and it, documented and everything is streamlined, they're obviously being used, the value of your company can go up even, se I, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say seven times. Now, it may be that you don't endeavor to ever sell your company, and that's actually okay, but it's still not respectful to yourself or your employees to have all of the inefficiencies of a system that is devoid of processes and procedures. You can make your life better, you make their life better, and it is measurable in terms of the valuation of your company. So just knowing that the value of a company increases so much uh, by having these processes and procedures should say enough, should tell you enough, that it's worth doing in your company because people buy companies for more money if they're worth it. <laughs> so, and I just wanna say this, I wanna ask this question. So, if someone is buying in, I'm gonna do the processes and procedures, and they have a remote professional or a virtual assistant, what steps should they take to get the ball rolling? I'm, I'm not sure like I, to, I understand. To get that remote professional to help with the process. Building the process, building and those procedures. processes and procedures. Should they take videos of how they do it? Should they have meetings? How do you get the ball st started or but ball? Yeah, I, 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 I think um, taking the steps to make sure that the remote professional understands um, what the process is and how to put it in place um, to to plan out um, what it is exactly that they that they want to do. Um, within that process. If this person starts um, kind of writing the process with them and they go through it together and, and not even building the process, just kind of writing it out, asking each other the questions. Once they get um, in, in on the same page on all of the issues, once they start to see it kind of like a kind of like a drawing or a, or a puzzle, once you start seeing what, what's on there together, then it's a lot easier to ask questions and, and, and actually build the process. So just understanding it together. So you had meetings with Paul over Zoom where you guys would walk through the processes together before you would build them? Yeah, oh yeah, we had we had a lot of uh, a lot of meetings um, and a lot of questions and you know just it's it's that part of getting everything that that was in his head and even my head because of some of the ideas that I wanted to implement or this this will make what you want a lot easier. Do you want me to try this um, and then you know kind of uh, merge those things together? And I just want to take, uh, make a note that because you guys wrote your processes down, and obviously it's been an iterative process because you went from Asana to Process Street, now to Lead Simple, uh, but your company has grown a lot. Hasn't Housematch grown? And you guys have also started these other companies. So it's really freed up time to do other things because you're not spending so much time putting out fires, correct? Yeah, that, that, that's correct. Then and a lot of the tasks that I, I would do, because at first it was just uh, me in the office as the receptionist, um, but I, I didn't have to spend, or Paul really didn't have to spend a, as much time as he did with me training the other person. One, mm. because, well, I, w I was there to train them because I already knew everything mm -hmm. that was in Paul's head. Two, I had a, a template of everything he wanted done and how he wanted it to be done. 
and I could easily train this person and they could go through it on their own. I, I could show them the process, the, the blueprints of what we, we wanted, and it was easier for them to understand the how and the why we were doing certain things because we might tell them, put this in, in, in here, and they would probably wonder, you know, why, oh, okay, I see later, I'm gonna need to pull that um, to use it here or whatever. So, and one thing, just to maybe make it, um, uh, maybe this is for more of a robust company or companies are starting to grow, and I'd be interested to hear what you think of this, David, but you, it's, it's important to identify when people start doing things out of scope or you know, out, uh, outside of what it is that's written in the document itself. So what we've done, and I think to some, some, with some success, is that we have a quality department. So if the quality department is watching the workspace or is shadowing an employee, the quality department has to have the, the processes and the procedures in front of them and identify whether or not the, the, act, the agent is doing it step by step in the order presented, and when they don't, make a note and use that use the notes, like the deviations from the processes and procedures for the annual reviews or quarterly reviews of the employee because they they may have discern, decided that there's a better way of doing it, let's say. But the process and the procedure is to do it this way. You're not doing it this way. You need to do it this way and you get you discount it. They also get discounted for not having brought it up to a point you mentioned earlier where there has to be a way to, for agents to bring new ideas to the table. So if they've unilaterally made a decision to make a change to a procedure without updating it, it needs to be caught, I think, by a, by a quality department. They need to be dinged for it um, and then brought back into the fold of how to make, how to effect a change inside of a procedure. Or inside the company. Oh, inside the company, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I absolutely uh, agree on that. And that's another great thing that the processes um, allow, to you, allow you to do is, is recognize um, if things are being done the way, the way you need them to be done. If your client's expectation is being met the same way each time and not you know, being confused because one person does things mm. this way and the other person does things a different way. So it definitely helps recognize those things and it helps you recognize, you know, those um, things that some, some people, you know, just kind of push under the rug because, oh, I don't want to deal with this or I'll put this on the back burner. Uh, a process doesn't allow you to do that uh, because it's not, you know, it's not checked off or you can recognize, hey, why, why isn't this part of it being done? And then you can recognize if it is, if they should be, like you say, being for it, or if it's something that I'm missing, um, uh, a tool or information that they need from me to be able to do that correctly. Well, thank you so much. This has been so enlightening and I love what you've done. And I think you're such an inspiration for other companies because someone who's grown from being a receptionist and then really transformed an organization to the point where now you're running other companies, it's super exciting. And, and I'm so I'm so impressed. It is impressive. And so it's probably a good idea to ask you, what advice would you give other remote professionals to help them be able to grow inside of the company they're working for? I, I think I would say you, you have to want to grow. Um, you can't see um, your, you know, you have to see things as a career, as 
something you want to do, you have to love what you're doing. Because if you see it as just a job, um, that that's what it's always going to be, and you're never going to outgrow that just the job mentality. That's so, such good advice. Well, David, thank you so much um, for being on the show. Um, lovely having you. And we already have you scheduled for another show, so we'll be seeing you soon here. Um, Bootstrappers is powered by Anaquim. And again, we'd love to invite you to check out our free ebook at anaquim.net. Check out the No Fuss Guide to Processes and Procedures. And if you are in the process of getting your SOPs written down or you're struggling to keep the ones you have updated, the short to the point guide can help. Check it out at anaquim.net. This is the Bootstrapper Show for Property Management, powered by Anaquim, a podcast where we have real conversations with industry experts that you can apply to your life and business.